0: hit all game. We are motivated. We are dedicated. Yeah, Come, on dedicated Come, on
1: on. Come on now. Come on now. We will win Cause we are the best yeah, on the field. Yeah, then we hit the field light. All day light. All night light. All the blue light. All fist light. defense light. Here light, light. House call light. and the
0: sound light. Hear the sound light. In the sound
1: light. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. Excited for this one. Yet again, a fantastic guest in Trevor Sykema. You can follow him on Twitter, at Tampa Bay Trey. We're going to talk Nathan Shepard, one of the cooler stories of the entire NFL draft. Trevor, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Um... I, I tweeted out today that we're gonna talk about Nathan Shepard and how I don't have a day two grade on him and you can you're gonna come on and yell at me so I'm a little nervous I I prepared a little extra hard for this one so I can back up my takes.
0: <laughs> yeah no I'm uh I I don't think it's any secret anymore on Twitter.com that I'm a big uh, big Nathan Shepard fan.
1: Yeah so let's give a quick background on him. Uh, first the uh, combine was fantastic. You're talking about a six foot three and uh, three quarter guy, three hundred fifteen pounds, eighty inch wingspan. Uh, Shorter arms with 32 and 3 quarters. Hand size 10 and an eighth. uh, Fantastic 40 at the 509. Vertical jump 31 inches. Broad jump 112 inches. That was at the 87th percentile. Good 3-cone and good 20. uh, The 3-cone was 7.5 seconds. The 20-yard shuttle was 4.53 seconds. Did did himself a ton of favors with the combine. To add on to his production and his 4-year career both at Simon Fraser and Fort Hayes State, he had 10 sacks in four years, 27 tackles for loss, and 168 tackles. And now normally that's kind of where I end it, but I just want to throw out his background story for those who don't know him. He was a 205 linebacker recruit, a zero-star guy from Ontario who went to play D2 football at Simon Fraser. He spent a year redshirting. He'd played his second year, and then he kind of quit football. I think he worked construction, and then – Came back to football and was really dominant. At Fort Hayes becoming an All American this this past season. When I know you're a huge fan of Nathan Shepard, so talk to me. What what do you really like about his game? What are some of the strengths that make you excited about him as a prospect?
0: Yeah, um, I would first. I just want to kind of fill in uh, some of the details of the story that that you had of him and his upbringing because I actually you know I got to talk to him at the Senior Bowl when he was there. And really get to, you know, get down to business with it. Yeah, he was a much smaller prospect, played linebacker some when he was in high school. But he even said, you know, his high school, he's from Canada. And like his high school didn't really care about football. I mean, like the football program wasn't that good. They just kind of like had a team. And then late in his high school career, his coach was kind of like, you should probably just throw on a bunch of weight and try to play D-line because you're pretty athletic for a big dude that's what he did. Ended up it's kind of late in the process. He said that, 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 that when all that happened. And so he still didn't really, didn't get much looks because it's, it's, it's not really a high school that coaches, college coaches go to, to look at any kind of talent. So ended up going to that one school, red shirted played, but then he had to actually leave the school for financial reasons. Like th- it was a school that didn't, really give out um, all kinds of scholarship money. And so he wasn't even fully supported for being an athlete. And so he said that he had to get out almost because of financial reasons, went back, did, I think construction, I think he worked for his dad is what he said, ended up uh, being a bouncer. So when he was a bouncer, he met a couple of different people. One of them was Nate Burleson. And he was, I guess, his personal bouncer one time when he was going around in Toronto. And he actually met Nate Burleson and was talking with him and Nate Burleson was asking about his story. Cause he said, you know, it's a big giant dude. He was talking to him about football and said that, um, that he should keep working at it, that he saw potential in him. And the other guy was, uh, I believe a personal trainer or a strength coach or something like that for some NFL people who, again, saw a lot of potential in Nathan Shepard, told him not to give up on it. He kept working out, got his finances right, ended up going to Fort Hayes state. Played there for a little bit and then uh, first time I really saw him was at the senior bowl so that was just kind of filling in the details of, of of the background that he had now um in terms of his ability when I when I turn on the the I guess limited amount of tape that I could find from him in college but especially really him at the senior bowl and we didn't get to see him for full three for a full three days because he ended up breaking his hand but when he was at the senior bowl that dude was as dominant as any other player there. Like, no question. Um, he was making, you know, Mason Cole, the center from Michigan. We went into the week and people were saying, like, oh, you know, hey, you know, Mason Cole, he's a decent prospect. You know, he's a fringe day two guy, you know, early day three guy. Nathan Shepard whooped that guy's butt every single time they went up against each other. Like every single time. Then he went up against Will Hernandez, who a lot of people think could be a late first round pick. He whooped up on Hernandez, him and Hernandez had a couple of great battles together, but I mean, like there were a handful of reps when Shepard just whooped up on Hernandez on the interior. And so I'm like, who is this guy? So that's kind of how I found a little bit more about his story. What I love about a man, raw, just natural power and the kind of athlete that he is for a guy who weighs 315 pounds. That was something that at the combine, when they were going through drills, uh, Willie McGinnis was watching him. Willie McGinnis, you could tell I had no idea who Nathan Shepard was no idea. This guy from four days state. And, uh, I think it was Darren, you know, Jeremiah, or maybe Mike Mack who was saying like when he was going through the jail, he's like, Hey, watch out for this guy. And Willie was just like, okay, okay. I like this guy. You know, it's just a little like a progressive thing. And so, um, uh, I think what's alluring the most about Nathan Shepard is how athletic and how strong he is naturally for a guy that that's big. That's something that just pops out to me right away.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. First off, when you said that he was a bouncer and met a couple interesting people, I was praying that he was the bouncer that Baker Mayfield ran away from,
0: and that would have been the most amazing story of all time. You know, that might still be the case, but I just can't (laughs) confirm that, so we might be able to kind of believe that if we want to.
1: (laughs) But... Uh, in terms of what you talked about, yeah, his raw athleticism is fantastic. I mean, he showed it at the combine. His tape, he just—he looks like he shouldn't be allowed to be competing against some of those people that he was going up against. Yeah, his his raw power is so like it's it's very obvious when you watch him. He he does have a game of all twenty-two up on YouTube, and I found a couple other things I was able to watch. But he he does have that absolute raw power. He he can—he's got a good strong bull rush move. He's He's got a really good get off the line. I think he's he's very quick against the run. He can he can physically dominate guys. He can throw them off them. Now that's the tough part. Now you saw him at the senior bowl. I wasn't down there. When mm-hmm. you when you get a D two guy, how much? Do you trust the film and how much you just say this guy was just a better athlete than and these guys he was playing against had no business playing him?
0: Yeah, no uh that's that's definitely a factor in it. And um you and I have talked about this before, and we'll get into kind of like the age thing with him being a little bit older because of just the journey that he's taking with football. But I mean, in terms of dominating his competition, that's something that when you look at his tape and you go, okay, well, here's a D2 guy who's gonna be going up against NFL competition, and that's a big jump. I'm I'm definitely I'm not trying to downplay that at all. That's a big jump, especially in the trenches. It's, it is a big jump, but I think that the way he dominates some of the people in his tape uh, warrants the fact that you could see potential in this guy and, and that you could see that he is one of those who can make the jump, who can survive in the trenches at a much higher competition level just because I saw him you know, whoop up on so many of these guys at the Senior Bowl. You know, there's a play that I was watching at the Senior Bowl. I remember it was... Um, it was kind of in the warm-up phase, but they were still going full speed for the first part of it. Shepard's taken on a double team. They hand off the ball, and it's a run play. And Shepard just like extends his two arms, gets like straight up into like the chest and neck of both of these offensive linemen. He was at, and they didn't move him. Like he didn't move. He held the point of attack against two of these dudes, and that's one of those plays where I look at it and I'm just like, man, this you know this guy has got a chance to make it and and, and be one of those players who makes that jump from the D2 to NFL level. I think it's just because of the potential that he has.
1: So I, I want to throw out another thing that I noticed when watching his film is that I thought he had a good motor. And, you know, you tell his story and how he never gave up on football and kept trying. You know, that that's the kind of guy that I feel like is going to give it 110% so to speak, every single time he's out there on the football field. But you mentioned his age. He's going to be 25 on October 9th, so what, about four weeks into his rookie year. And we're talking about a raw guy. One of the things I've talked about on the podcast before is if I'm going to take an older prospect high, he needs to kind of be developed. And I think even you'll admit there's a lot of Nathan Shepard's game that's that's pretty raw. So how do you factor that into your evaluation?
0: Well, I think that obviously it's a case-by-case basis. um, But certainly having that – premise that you do right there. I I totally agree with that. You know, normally the older you are, um, you obviously want to see refinement, but I think more than that, even you just want to see, uh, a dominance to your position. Like you've got to know how to win if you're 24, 25, you know, you've already got to know how to do it. And Nathan Shepard is a really interesting case to me because I've never really had a guy like this before who has been, at this point who I've really believed in as much as him. And the only way I think I can explain it is that where some people, uh, like yourself, which is okay, because this is all projection where some people would see it as just being like, man, he is raw. I see it as like, man, he still has potential because when I look at Nathan Shepard, I think, okay, he's 24, 25, clearly stronger, more athletic and more dominant than anyone he's gone up against in his tape and clearly was the same way at the senior bowl, which is what kind of gives me hope for all this. If he gets in with a good D line coach that can tell him how to be quicker with his hands, because his hands are strong and violent as crap, man. Like, like he can dominate with those hands, but sometimes they're not as quick. Sometimes on run plays, you see him use that strength. He'll just go straight into alignment, but like he'll lose balance and he'll, he might make an impact on the play on the pocket still, but like you could tell he's just going too all out. He's not as controlled, things like that. and sometimes you can look at that and you can think, man, this is a raw guy. But it depends how you look at it, I think. Now, if he doesn't get a good D-line coach with him, you could start to see some of those those same mistakes, maybe year one, even year two. Then all of a sudden you're talking about a guy who's 26, 27, still raw, and that's not a good thing. But I think that in the right situation, if he gets the right D-line coach, and this is a thing too, I think Nathan Shepard's going to be a guy who takes coaching well. Sometimes you don't always see that with players. Sometimes you could tell either from interviews or backgrounds, learning from coaches, that they're not necessarily going to be a guy who takes coaching well. Nathan Shepard is one of those guys who I I think is going to take the next level coaching really well. And I think that it is a projection. But because of that, because of, I think, the faith that after meeting him myself, obviously looking at some of the film, knowing his background, to me, it's more of a, I'm looking at his potential when I see that he's dominating this much without proper technique then I am necessarily saying, oh, he's just like he is raw he's still raw I, I'm, so there's I guess there's kind of two ways to look at it and you and I talked about this a little bit earlier sometimes you could look at the same thing and have different viewpoints on it. I think that that might be just where we are.
1: Yeah, because I, I think we see a lot of the same things on film. I mean, if, if Nathan Shepard was 22 years old, I'd have no problem taking him in the second round because I think the potential is there. I just wonder about the the long term with a guy that's going to be 25 in his rookie year. If it does take him a couple years, and then you know all of a sudden, by the time he's figured it out, he's 28 years old, and and that's kind of not exactly what you're looking for out of an NFL guy. But right. a couple things that I thought I think he can improve on – and. One of them is, you mentioned, his hands. They're, they're very violent. They're incredibly strong, but they're inconsistent with the technique. I think sometimes he can get swallowed up by double teams, and just his overall awareness can get better on the line of scrimmage, and that's going to come with more reps. I mean, we're talking about a kid that, again, played linebacker and has only been playing defensive line for four years. He's... Again, that goes back to your coaching point, but I I think those reps are going to help him. But a couple, if you want to add in the rawness, the hands, the awareness, I think those are a couple of things that he needs to work on in his game.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you there. There are a couple, you know, even on the reps that some of the reps that I like from Nathan Shepard, um, it'll be like a, like a swim move or kind of like a, a a rip or maybe a combination of of the two, but it just takes him too long. Like the ball will get snapped. He'll kind of like stutter step a little bit, you know, chop a little bit with his hands, but it's almost like he'll chop a little bit too long and then he'll make the move. And it's like, okay, well, that works against D2 competition with quarterbacks who aren't knowing to get the ball out quick. But when you're going up against Tom Brady and that sucker's coming out in a a second, a second and a half or whatever it is, you've got to be more decisive with your hands. You've got to know where you're going, things like that. So there's definitely going to be a learning curve there. I definitely see that. But again, I, I think it comes back to Nathan Shepard is already doing the hard part. Nathan Shepard already has the things that you, you, you that you can't teach with it. You know, when those hands make contact, when that arm comes up to rip, there are not many blockers, certainly in his tape, but even at the senior bowl that could contain him. Um, and even, you know, when he gets his hands on you and he could rip you one way or the other offensive in the senior bowl, just straight up, we're not even ready for it. And so I, I think the unteachable part, the part that you want to see already exists in his game. It's just about the technique of it making sure that he's more decisive with what he's doing, actually teaching him some some moves here and there, and just, I, I think, overall being more decisive, uh, whether it is with his feet or with his hands or, or knowing where he's going, pass rushing with a plan I have learned is, is so important, whether it's for edge guys or interior guys, you've got to know what you're doing. You know, if you, if you leave it too well, I'm going to engage this block and then see how I can get off of it. A lot of times it's just going to be too long before you make an impact. That's something in Shepard's game. I think he needs to get better at, but again, with the right coaching, if a guy can teach him certain moves and certain uh, decisive things to do, I think that uh, that would go a long way in his game. And I think that he could, see so a jump in that in production
1: yeah the the pass rushing with a plan is a really good point because like you you've we've kind of talked about it without calling it a plan he you know sometimes he just does something and I feel like he he doesn't even know what he's doing or doesn't know what the next move should be and if he can get the mental aspect of his game right that's going to really help him so when you watch his game is there anyone he reminds you of
0: oh I haven't thought of a comp for him I'm not sure do you have one off the top of your head um, guy that you like
1: you so the one I've seen that makes some sense uh, was a kid out of Charlotte last year, uh, Larry Ogunjobi. Oh, pre- Ogunjobi! Thank you for helping. Sure. I'm so bad at pronouncing names, man. Um, and I've I've said that name about out loud about 15 times,
0: and I still mess it up. But um, one, it, one of my favorite one of my favorite things on my uh, on my draft podcast that I do with John Ledyard is he is so terrible at pronouncing names, and so I always make him pronounce the different kinds of names because it's so funny
1: well you need to get him to pronounce all of vita vea's name the next time you guys oh
0: know. i oh that's gonna come that's definitely gonna come
1: but i just in terms of uh you know he was a little raw a freak athlete really had strength and then you saw him come in and you he dominated now i guess the basic difference is because of shepherd's age i'm not really taking him before the end of day two maybe uh early day three you know kind of in that, late third early fourth range I think you're you're what second rounder on him
0: yeah Nathan Shepard's gonna be a top 50 player for me I think he's I think he's probably gonna go in the second round but I've talked to some NFL people who have said you know and you they say day two so you know anywhere in round two around thing I think that Shepard's gonna go I think that that's uh, not only kind of my projection for him but that's what I'm hearing around the league as well so
1: that makes sense. I guess I'm knocking him a little bit more for the age than other people, but that that's one of my main concerns is drafting a guy that's older, that's raw. And again, that goes back to what we talk about pre-show is that just because you have a difference in agreement on where a guy's final ranking is doesn't necessarily mean that you're seeing something incredibly different. You may just value traits differently. And that's an important thing to keep in mind when you discuss things with people. But, you know, I want to ask you this before I let you go is that you mentioned you want to see him go with good coaching and you think that could really help him. Where would you like to see him land that you think would be best for him?
0: You know, if, if Branson Buckner, who moved from Arizona to Tampa Bay, um, if he was still in Arizona, I would love that fit there for him. I know he took a visit to Arizona. I also know he took a visit to the Vikings. I would love him there as a Sharif Floyd replacement. If Floyd can't go, if his career is in fact in jeopardy, I would love those two spots. I mean, certainly I would love Philly too, with the way that they play with their defensive line. Um, I think that any place that plays a very aggressive style that can, that will, you know, I I read this, he, he might be, he might be a really good suited three, four D end. And I kind of like that. So, so I think, although I I would like him to play three tech, that'd be nice too. Um, He might be a better three, four defensive end kind of a guy, just because he is somebody who can, who has the strength to play against the run. Uh, as well as rush to passer and possibly a one-gap situation if he needs to. So uh, obviously one of those really aggressive D-lines. Uh, a couple of those, the ones that I named, but I'm um, really intrigued. And I, I might even prefer him more in a
1: 3-4. So that that's interesting because that's not something you necessarily hear all that much. But you know what? I'm going to throw out one, and I, I shouldn't do this because I, I know you're a Bucks guy. But I think the Atlanta Falcons and Dan Quinn, if they got their hands sure. on him, um, you know, they run kind of multiple defenses. They could kind of move them all over the field. I, I think he could have a lot of success in Atlanta, and maybe that's the late round two. Uh, maybe they trade back a little bit, or maybe they take him in your range. But I think Atlanta and Dan Quinn could do him a lot of good.
0: No, I agree with that. Again, that's, it's a, I think Nathan Shepard – Almost, almost less than than scheme fit. Just coaching and and defensive front personality fit would be good for him. I just want him to get in a situation where they're gonna they're gonna take him and they're gonna teach him the things that they need to, and they're almost gonna let him loose because I think that he's got a lot of potential. I just want to you know wherever it is, I just want him to go to a spot that uh, they're gonna teach him the right things and they're gonna get the most out of him because again, you know, a little bit of difference. We see him, you see it more raw. I see it more potential. I think he's got a lot in him.
1: Awesome, Trevor. I re- I really appreciate you joining us, man. Um, why don't you tell the people kind of what you're working on and where they can find it?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, if you ever want to interact with me, uh, my I'm on Twitter basically 24 seven. my uh, My Twitter handle is at Tampa Bay Tray. I'm always interacting with people there, whether it's you know Bucks football and NFL in general, NFL and draft, whatever it is. Um, and then uh, I do most of my work on PewterReport.com covering Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But then I also help co-host a draft podcast called the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. Yeah, guys, everyone check that out.
1: Yeah, guys, I'm telling you, he's one of my favorite people to interact with. He's a great personality on top of the fact that he knows a ton about football, so I can't recommend him enough. Guys, again, he's Trevor Sycamore. You can follow him on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. You can follow me on Twitter at Elliot Chris, your host of the Draft Daily Podcast. You can find us now on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. As always, guys, we really appreciate you listening. Thank you.
0: i sitting on a drop down yeah. Because I'm a rider hey. Yeah, oh, yes, i so survivor hey. Yeah, everybody Chill. know the game don't stop Trying oh. to make it to the top for oh. your